Blog Talk Radio. I wish I went once or I wish I did that. 
do it. Just get out there and, and do it. And it's fun talking about wrestling. It's even fun complaining about wrestling because it's wrestling and it's supposed to be fun. And, you know, when you get in the midst of this season and, and your fandom is just peaked, um, I kind of had a lot of positive coming out of this week. I'm not quite sure where the, the card is going to be and, and how, how the WrestleMania card is going to look. Um, but I would say, and, and I don't know if you agree with me, Dave, but I would say, like, we've been kind of in an era of uh, mediocre, if I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, talkers. Um, I, I, for me, when I look at, like, some of the best talkers of all time, I usually go to yesteryear. However, this, this week, on both Raw and SmackDown, and then we got some good stuff out of John Cena. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on. A, a kick-ass, controversial, fun promo from Roman Reigns. The Miz continues to deliver. Give us another solid promo on Monday Night Raw. And, and a team that just does not get enough credit for the way they've, like, repackaged themselves and go about business and have, have taken, like, gone from being a face to being heels to and really just – kind of changing their game, I thought the Usos on SmackDown gave us a kick-ass promo. And not only was it a kick-ass promo, but it wound up being a, a really good segment in general. I mean, it starts off with the t- – and they're great, but a typical New Day-type promo. I don't know how I feel about Big E getting spritzed, but your typical kind of New Day stuff. Uh, Usos come out and, and, and give the segment just an intensity – that um, it felt a little shoot-ish, and, and maybe that was like, you know, the, uh, the Samoan dynasty out there. They're, they're kind of shooting this week. Um, but they come out, they give a kick-ass promo, and, and Big E comes back at them. Um, unfortunately, that all ends with the, the dopey Basham brothers. But other than that, I thought that was not only just a great promo, but a really great segment that kind of uh, brought gravity to – their rivalry, and so all in all, you know, Dave, when I say like, I, and I don't mean to sound like I'm bashing or being negative, but I don't think you get on a regular basis uh, great promos week in and week out, and, and I think you did this week, which kind of, for me as a fan, I'm, I'm a character guy, I'm a storyline guy, I admire and love the athleticism, but athleticism without story for me is not pro wrestling, I like the story attached and I thought we got a lot of good mic work this week. I thought so too um, on both shows. And uh, you know, you, you talked about it the op- in your opening statement how uh, not to bash the current you know talkers of today's wrestling world, but you could probably count on one hand, um, you know, the amount of good you know promo guys in the business right now, or at least in WWE. Um, you know, back in the day, and I can go far as back as 25, 30 years, there were more than just, you know, a handful of guys. There was a lot of guys on the roster that could talk. And if there were some guys that couldn't talk on the roster, they had managers that were good enough to talk for them. Nowadays, you have a handful of guys, and I think it's the environment that the business is, is currently in and has been in for quite some time where, you, you know, you're in the era of the scripted promo where everyone sounds the same, the tone and the demeanor, it all sounds, you know, the same. And like you said, we'll talk about it later with the Roman Reigns uh, promo from Monday night. But I feel like um, we're in an era now where we're still, you know, in the heavily overly scripted promos, but we're also in an era where there are guys that are, you know, taking some chances and growing a set of balls and doing something on the microphone that's getting them noticed. And, you know, I think the Usos for sure within the last year 
since they've changed their look and they went from being, you know, heels to now being baby faces again. Um, they've dared to, you know, be different and bring something different with their promos to their presentation, um, which I think is really cool and I like. And I, you know what I think also is pretty cool that I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I'm actually kind of digging the selfie promos that they do in between commercial breaks or, you know, in between backstage segments where a guy will talk and it'll look like his camera phone is facing, um, you know, him and, you know, he's doing a video selfie or whatever. And you may see some words that like come across the screen. I think that's something different. A lot of wrestling fans I've seen lately on, on Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms, they, they bash it. They think it's stupid and hokey and silly, but I mean, it's WWE's way of trying to do something a little bit different and presenting something um, in a different way to the product. So I don't know what your take on it is, but I find it to be very interesting and actually kind of like it, and it works with certain guys. Um, but what do you think about it? Hey, it's weird. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, I, I do, you know, it's funny being a wrestling fan because, you you know, a lot of fans like, oh, my God, why can't you do something different? And then they do something different. It's like, oh, my God, that sucks. It's like, you know, for some fans, you can never win. Um, and I'm kind of there, like, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, if they stopped doing it, I wouldn't be heartbroken. Um, but I do like the fact that it's, it's trying something different, trying a new uh, methodology to deliver promos. Um, and and it's, a, it's a way further to, to kind of explore and, and um, you know, flesh out some characters. Um, you know, and you wonder, you know, you, you bring up a good point with uh, stuff with um, – you know, uh, promo work and, and, you know, what everyone's doing and what everyone's working on and, um, you know, the characters, you know, I remember I was listening to, uh, the rock, uh, not the, the rock, uh, show on Pritchard. And he was saying that like when the rock was cutting promos at some point, you know, I think it was Pritchard said to him, like, if you can take the heat in the back, cause you'll get, you'll get a tongue lashing, go out and just say whatever you want. You know, go off script. What are they going to do? You're on live TV. And, and you just wonder, you know, and, and a lot of times with promos, they seem like they, they've become too scripted over the years. And maybe um, maybe it's Triple H's influence. Uh, maybe some guys are just going out there and taking that chance. Um, but I, I was pretty impressed this week as far as uh, what I was seeing at, at a promos. And it's interesting. And, and I, I think you're seeing some good storylines. And I'm kind of digging the storyline that John Cena is on right now. This whole, uh, you know, desperation kind of thing. I got to get to mania. I don't have a match there. Um, you know, the, the golden boy, the guy that, 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 uh, people would want to criticize against every break in the world, um, has not gotten one, does not have a WrestleMania match. Um, so I thought that would, that's an intriguing storyline to me. I thought I saw some good stuff out of him. I don't know if how I feel as far as him going over on AJ Styles on SmackDown. Good match. I don't think it was one of their best, but it was a good match. Um, but I'm digging it. And again, that's me. I'm a, my wrestling fandom is I, I like characters and storylines. Um, I, I can appreciate a great athletic match. But to me, if there wasn't anything really attached to it, I, I do have a hard time saying, oh, my God, that was amazing. I, I dig the storyline. I, I really do. And, and I kind of like the fact that Cena's just trying to find his spot on, on the Mania card. Um, I always saw some good stuff out of him. I thought, and I, I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I, wa- I was not the biggest fan of free agent John Cena. 
Um, you know, I get it, but it was like, were, were you not getting paid? Like, what were you doing? Like, like if you like, technically, if you're a free agent, you, you haven't signed a contract. So what were you like just showing up on shows for free? Like what, what exactly, how did that work? Like, how are you doing that? So I wasn't the biggest fan of the free agent thing. Now he's going to SmackDown to try and get his, his spot at Mania. But other than that, that's being nitpicky with the free agent aspect of the John Cena character right now. Um, I kind of dig the storyline. Um, and there's so much speculation on who he might be wrestling at Mania. It's just intriguing, Dave, when you look at, you know, arguably the, the Hulk Hogan, the stronghold of his generation. And at this point in WrestleMania season, John Cena doesn't have a match. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, like, he's at this stage in his character's career, and I'm speaking in total kayfabe here, even though it's, you know, already pushing daisies. I'm speaking in kayfabe here, folks, that John Cena's character is so desperate to get to the mountaintop of WrestleMania. But let's be realistic. Now I'm going to speak in realistic terms for some of you out there. John Cena is not going to be left off the WrestleMania card. I think it's awfully ridiculous that he goes into these promos and says, if I don't make it to me, I might not have a road to WrestleMania. Dude, you're fucking John Cena. You're going to get on the card somehow. You know what would be really interesting? I know they've teased this whole Undertaker thing, and I'm sure we're going to get into that in a little bit. But what would be really interesting is if, he doesn't have his little road to WrestleMania, and he's forced to wrestle in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal with 40 of the other jobbers on, the, on both Raw and SmackDown roster. Then I would believe that he really, truly didn't have a road to WrestleMania. But he's John Cena. He's going to have a marquee match on the card. So please, WWE creative, don't insult my intelligence because I'm not as dumb as most of the fans you cater to. No, and I agree. Of course, like it, it's a it's the storyline right there. Um, I would love, I mean, to go way out on the limb and have him not wrestle at WrestleMania and have him wrestle the night before versus EC3, and he does not get you know his WrestleMania match. So you know, and the John Cena character. If I'm not I'm not going to be on Mania, I'm going to go I'm going to go back. I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to pull myself up my bootstraps, and if I got to do that to be part of WrestleMania weekend, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, that would be way out of the box, but I'm right there with you. He's going to be on, on the Mania card. Um, it's just where do, you, where do you go with him? Um, what's intriguing to me is if he were to win at Fastlane and Nakamura went over on John Cena at Mania, um, it's a bigger feather in the cap for Nakamura than going over on uh, AJ Styles. However, if they do go that route, uh, the internet might crash as a whole because, you know, the internet wrestling fan is salivating over seeing Nakamura versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So, God forbid they take that away from them, um, they'll have a canary. So, I mean, you know, there's that aspect of things that, uh, you know, 17-time champion John Cena against Nakamura, Nakamura goes over on Cena – that's a big feather in the cap for Nakamura. Um, and, and to me, would help further him as a main eventer more than necessarily going over AJ Styles. Although I think the AJ Styles match would be a better match. So there's that rumor. But then, of course, the biggie is, is The Undertaker. And The Undertaker, you know, it's intriguing with, with him. And, and it's happened over the years is The Undertaker doesn't have a storyline. And, you know, they don't write anything, really. It's like it's just Taker at Mania. 
And, you know, after the streak being over, it, it just, it doesn't, you know, if the streak was still going and John Cena was calling out Taker and Taker like kind of like retired or disappeared or whatever after a hard fought victory at Mania and the streak was still alive and Cena's calling him out. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, and, and I, and I get there are certain ways to, to make this work. I, Again, I am firmly in the corner of I I don't want to see Taker back. I think the the way he walked away uh, last year was very fitting for that character. You know, Dave, you had some good ideas on how they could book it if Taker came back. Um, but do we have, do we not? Um, you know, Cena says we're not going to get that match. Is he trolling us? Um, so it, it, it's really interesting to see, you know, for this guy, again, we know Cena will be at Mania. But what the hell is he doing? And and that's that's intriguing. Like, do we see Taker Cena? And if we see Taker Cena, you know, we start looking at a card that Undertaker Cena, Brock, let's say Undertaker Cena, Brock versus Reigns. Let's go Rollins Miz for the IC title, um, and AJ versus Nakamura, like right off the bat. That's shaping up to be a pretty goddamn great card. Now, I don't know if Cena Taker physically can deliver between the ropes. Um, but that card like really starts filling out nicely. Uh, but who knows? And who knows if that's the direction they go, who knows if Taker wants to come back. Um, you know, and, and he is, it seemingly like Dave, like you say, kayfabe is, is dead or at least on life support, but, uh, Taker, both, both the character and, and the man kind of secretive. So we don't hear anything that, you know, Mark Calloway has said he's definitively done with wrestling. Um, he's been as, as quiet as the character. So who knows? Do we get that, that moment? And, and it's weird for me, Dave, because if we get Taker Cena, um, you know, to me, Taker would have to go over. Uh, and I don't know. Who, I mean, Taker then gets to go maybe retire at that point with a victory at Mania. I don't know how that really helps anybody or any characters, but um it's intriguing when you start to look at where exactly they're going to put John Cena. Do we see Taker Cena at Mania? Yes, I think we do. I think just the mere mention of Cena name-dropping Undertaker and teasing the audience the other night is the reason why we're going to see uh, Cena Taker. Um, the, the interesting point that he made where he said, management has told me it's impossible to have that match. There's some truth behind that. And I'm going to speak on a little rumor and innuendo and go by some history that I've done some research on regarding this subject. And it goes back all the way to WrestleMania 29. The Rock and John Cena in the main event for the WWE Championship tears his groin, finishes the match, and then post-match, I think we talked about this the day after, Ken, when we went out to lunch that day in Times Square. Rock had issues with management regarding that injury, and he flew back home. He was scheduled to be a part of Raw that night. They were going to build a match with Brock Lesnar to, to the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30 the following year, and he went home. Well, because of that, the proposed John Cena-Undertaker match for WrestleMania 30 was off the table. Undertaker needed an, oppon- an opponent, and they put Brock in that position. So there you have that match. Then you go the following year. Brock and Taker have their match. Brock ends the streak. Taker gets injured. Vince McMahon had to leave WrestleMania early. And it was unknown if Undertaker was ever going to return. And he came back the following year, 
but it wasn't certain that he was going to be he was going to keep doing this according to rumor and innuendo on the dirt sheets. So the proposed match with Cena was off yet again because Taker had to work with Bray Wyatt to help elevate him, which didn't do shit for Bray Wyatt, to be quite honest with you. Then we go to the following year, Dallas, Texas, the biggest WrestleMania of all time, in the biggest stadium of all time. The proposed Undertaker-John Cena match, with Undertaker potentially calling it quits after that, according to rumor and innuendo on the dirt sheets. That didn't happen either, because John Cena was injured, and they needed an opponent for Undertaker. That's where they slotted in Shane McMahon. So now we go to last year, Orlando, WrestleMania 33. Undertaker-John Cena, another big match rumored for that card. Well, Undertaker's health is in bad shape. He needs a hip replacement. He's not moving around too well. Management even encouraged him to, hey, maybe you should call it quits after this. This is, of course, according to rumor and innuendo. So we're taking all of what I said with a grain of salt, but factoring it in to what John Cena said Monday night. Yes, Taker didn't work John Cena. Instead, he worked Roman Reigns because Vince McMahon allegedly requested that he work with Roman Reigns to help get him over if Taker was going to retire. So now we have the proposed match. It's finally allegedly going to happen. Well, or so we thought, based on the promo on Monday night. I think what's intriguing about this storyline is that, number one, Cena kind of brought up that management spot with, with, with saying, you know, blaming management for this match not happening. So part of me feels like that Cena name-dropped it in hopes that Undertaker returns to call him out for Mania, or he's going to hope that he wins the title, but if he doesn't, then he's going to desperately call out The Undertaker whether management likes it or not. Now, you brought up a good point, Ken, where you said you after the streak was over, there really wasn't a whole lot of intrigue with Undertaker at WrestleMania. And for the most part, I agree with you. But looking back on it, I think indirectly what the real mystique about Undertaker and WrestleMania is is whether he's going to come back or not. That's the real mystery. The mystery used to be, who's going to end the streak? Is the streak going to continue? Now the real mystery has been, in the last several years, is, is Undertaker going to ever come back for WrestleMania? And that's, I think, like you said, the person, Mark Calloway, and the character Undertaker, in some ways, are one in the same, because there's a big mystery around that. He keeps a lot of things close to the vest. He's very old school. So, bell to bell... I think it can deliver on some levels from a storytelling aspect. I don't think we're going to see arm drag takedowns and hip tosses and things like that. I think we're going to see a a solid brawl between the two, but there's going to be some really intricate storytelling and psychology in this match. And Undertaker is one of the the best in-ring psychologists in the business. I mean, he didn't have to throw Triple H off the top of the hell in the cell in Miami that year at WrestleMania to, to, to elicit a reaction from the crowd. With him and Triple H and Shawn Michaels as the referee, they performed a work of art in front of 78,000 people, and they did it with, without doing the craziest of high spots in the world. So I think he's more than capable of putting on a, a, a good performance at this stage in his career, at his, with his age and all of the history with his injuries, against a guy like John Cena, who is virtually known and, and seen as a safe worker. So I, I think this is going to happen. Um, it's, it's interesting how it's going to get there. Uh, but at the same time, I also feel like if Undertaker comes back, like let's say the Tuesday after Fastlane on SmackDown, 
He essentially only really got three and a half weeks to build him and John Cena, and I feel like a match of that magnitude should have at least had some name dropping and some hint dropping, like at the Raw 25 special, or even maybe a few months earlier, like at the, you know a few weeks later at the Royal Rumble, or you know I, I don't know. I just I, I feel like in some ways it will kind of get rushed in the same way that the match with Roman Reigns last year was rushed heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, like, as we're talking, it's like I'm coming up with scenarios in my head, and I'm like, you know, what if that fast lane, the lights go out in, 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 in the middle of uh, the six-way now, and, um, you know, Taker's there, and Taker goes after Cena, and, you know, tie into the whole desperate John Cena to get to WrestleMania that, you know, Undertaker comes out, on Tuesday night and cuts a promo where, you know, I, I, the, the, the spirit of the undertaker was resting in peace and you dare disturb the undertaker. You start desperate. You better be careful what you wish for. Cause now you got it. You will incur the wrath of the undertaker at WrestleMania uh, to kind of tie into that desperation. Like be careful what you wish for uh, because now you got me. Um, and, and I think you could do something like that, that that would definitely work between the two of them. Again, I just worry about, you know, the legacy of, of, of the undertaker. Um, you know, when I came back from mania last year and, um, you know, it really is difficult going to mania because, and, and last year, especially, which, and I advise everyone who goes to mania to do this. Um, and I've said this before, but we went and we're like, we're going to be marks this year. And we're just going to get into all the pomp and circumstance and we're going to have fun and we're not going to overanalyze and we're just going to, you know, go at this as it's like, it's going to be a fun, awesome day. And I, you know, I was able to kind of flip my brain and just, uh, I was a pure fan, wasn't overanalyzing anything, just kind of uh, really enjoyed mania as a spectacle. Um, when I came back home and watched Taker Reigns on TV I, I was pretty disappointed um, and, and it, it surprised me how much, how much worse the match was just watching it without, without being surrounded by the energy of the crowd. Um, so I, I do, you know, and, and, and granted, like, you know, it, it, it's the undertaker, it's his career, it's his life. Uh, you know, if he wants to get back in that ring, you know, nobody has the right to tell him like not to. Um, but I have a right to have my own opinion and, and as a fan, and it's just, I, I, I look back on, you know, when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of Reggie Jackson. And I remember like his last, I think it was his last season, he went back to the Oakland A's and I, I watched like a couple of A's games and it was sad. And it was, um, honestly, I, I, and, and this is going back, like, I, I mean, I'm young at this point and it's like, um, I still kind of almost felt like almost like embarrassed for him. And, you know, it, it just sucks. Like when you see athletes get to the point where they, they hang on too long, um, you know, the hope is that, that whatever was ailing Taker last year, that he got himself in good shape and he's feeling better and he's got enough to like rev it up and give us one kick-ass match with, with John Cena. I, I agree with you there. I think you have like two guys there that, can tell stories in, in the ring um, that don't necessarily have to. I mean, to me, I think John Cena and The Undertaker could get in the ring and probably milk about 30 seconds 
just kind of staring at each other and the crowd will be into it. So uh, I think you got two guys that could tell the story. Um, it's a question of once the spotlight is on, are they able to, to bring it home? And that's, that's where for me, I'm like, I don't know, fingers crossed. Uh, I think it'll be exciting. I liked last year's send off, but you know, I'm going to be in the stadium and, I'm going back there with the same attitude. So take or Cena, I'll be marking out for that match if, if that winds up happening. But I, I like for me, I guess as a fan, um, I, I'm just like I, I want it to be good. I want it to like not that it will ever be like Shawn Michaels versus Taker, but I kind of want that sort of level of uh, emotional exhaustion. And when ta- and if that's definitively Taker's last match, and we get to if we get to see like a WrestleMania classic between Cena and and the Undertaker. And then Taker walks away. That's awesome. I just hope it delivers. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I totally agree with you there. Like, I I, I Reggie Jackson, you know, reference perfect example. Um, I, I I mean, we even see it in some days in, in wrestling now. You know, with some guys. You know, we it, with, with Mick Foley or like names like Terry Funk. You know, for instance. And uh, you know, obviously, people don't want to see Undertaker get to that point. And I I truly don't think he won't. Um, unless the money becomes too good and Vince, you know, backs up the Brinks truck and, you know, Undertaker is, you know, financially set for life each year as he goes into WrestleMania. Um, you know, he might have to get rolled down into a coffin in, in the next few WrestleManias if he keeps it up. But um, what I want more than, I would say what I want more than anything, but what I think would be very important and crucial in this, in this buildup is that acknowledging in some form or fashion that, you know, it looked like he was hanging, he had hung it up last year. You know what I mean? Like you said, like, you know, Cena's desperation, you know, calling out the dead man, be careful what you wish for. You know, I was resting in peace, but now I'm not. Like, I feel like they have to, in some way, maybe this is just me, but I feel like they have to acknowledge that in some way that, like, we thought he retired. He put his glove in his hat, his hat in the middle of the ring. And, why, you know, why? That's all right. Why is he coming back? You know, like I feel like that's got to that that needs to be addressed in the buildup um, with with him and John Cena if they get to that point. But absolutely, I'd love to see a classic. And if and if you know, no matter who wins, whether it's Cena or whether it's Taker, um, if it's a classic and it's and and the people are on their feet, then walk away, Undertaker. You've you've done more than enough in your career to, to 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 please me as a wrestling fan, and certainly millions around the world. You don't need to prove anything else. Yeah, and by the way, like I have an alarm on my phone when I'm supposed to brush my dog's teeth, and that was the music you just heard, like bust in. Yes, I had <laughs> dentist dentist from Little Shop of Horrors that goes off on my phone at seven <laughs> o'clock every night, so I brush my dog's teeth. So that's that's what everyone heard a couple minutes ago. But anyway, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I I. I wholeheartedly right there with you that um, the acknowledgement of like, they, they can't, they, to me, they cannot storyline wise look past the fact that he took off the jacket. He took off the hat. He left it in the middle of the ring and, and that was, and, and then walked away. Like you cannot, to me, you cannot go forward with mania. We're going to get Cena taker. You cannot go forward and not at least acknowledge that we thought he was gone. We thought he was retired. And that's why, yeah, that's why I said with the promo, if he says, I was resting in peace, I was done. I, I was ready to walk away from it. And how dare you 
disturb me in my slumber, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, hopefully we see it. Um, it's exciting uh, with all the promos, the speculation of whether Taker comes back or not, where's Cena going to be on the card. I'm starting to feel some juice. And in recent years, I feel like there have been years where you're going into mania and you're kind of, uh, what's going on? Like, I'm not getting that special mania feel, but, but things are happening. Things are going on. And we got a lot more to talk about. If you got something WrestleMania season you want to talk about, give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Lots of stuff to get into, but right now it's time for our break. It is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Thank you, Ken, and good evening, and welcome to another riveting edition of the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Only heard top of the hour right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Tonight's report is brought to you in part by B-Plus Players Radio, your one-stop shop for your pro wrestling podcast needs. Search like, and or follow us on Facebook and Twitter right now to be a part of this groundbreaking evolution in the podcast game today. Don't believe us? Then hit the archives to listen to one of our many shows to find out, like this show, The Ken Reedy Show. Replays of our live shows usually drop over at B-Plus late Sunday evening to as early as Monday mornings, thanks to the architect of B-Plus Players Radio. He's been known to many as a lot of things, but this traveling ring announcer is the guy that makes it happen for all of us, Mr. Mark Adam Haggerty. Speaking of which, you can also listen to MAH's very own podcast, the flagship of B-Plus Players Radio, The Outsider's Edge, over in the archives. So many selections to choose from. Don't wait any longer. Get your ass over to B-Plus Players Radio right now to find out. With all the shameless plugging for today, here's this week's top stories. At the top of the WrestleMania food chain rumor mill, right up there with his opponent, Brock Lesnar, is Roman Reigns. The other half of the WrestleMania 34 main event is potentially swimming in his own pool of controversy, as it's been reported that filmmaker John Bravo, who is documenting steroid distributor Richard Rodriguez's time in prison for an upcoming film, has revealed that a video will be released very soon documenting proof that Reigns was directly involved as a customer, a claim that Reigns is denied when these allegations first came out. Bravo claims to have video footage that is currently being reviewed by his lawyer, which will obtain tracking numbers, purchase orders, text messages, and receipts, all leading back to purchases Roman, made, Roman Reigns made through Rodriguez. Bravo also claims that there are other former and current WWE superstars he can link to tracking numbers, text messages, and purchase orders that have had direct involvement with Rodriguez and his steroid distribution. Bravo has yet to release the video claiming he's having it reviewed by his attorney once again. Once he does release the footage, he will have to go under hiding as his investigation may lead to threats on his own life, according to him. Now, coming off the heels of this footage, there have been reports courtesy of PW Insider and the Wrestling Observer that WWE is preparing for the worst outcome possible in this scenario. If there is overwhelming evidence that could be damaging to Roman Reigns, WWE management has a plan B for the main event of WrestleMania 34, their backup being Braun Strowman. WWE management originally planned for Strowman to be involved in a match with The Miz for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. But now his WrestleMania schedule seems to be open for the time being until the situation with Roman Reigns becomes clear. If the Reigns steroid situation doesn't pan out, then Braun might head into Mania involved in the Intercontinental title picture, which now looks pretty deep with both Seth Rollins and Finn Balor involved. Another idea allegedly mentioned for Braun Strowman's WrestleMania plans include a singles match with Elias or, like I said earlier, his inclusion in the Intercontinental title picture with multiple individuals in a ladder match. 
Either way, WWE looks to have big plans for the monster among men in New Orleans next month. Some interesting news coming this week. In a follow-up report from a recent Dave 5 News update, representatives from the Fox Network were seen sitting front row at Tuesday's SmackDown Live TV taping. and Reportedly, they were in attendance to make a major push for WWE's television rights. Allegedly, Fox wants to bring WWE in and offer them well over $400 million a year for their TV rights to air WWE programming. If a deal were to be made, Fox would dump the UFC, who is currently getting $120 million a year from Fox. UFC is asking for the same $400 million that Fox is willing to offer WWE. However, television experts are saying Fox wouldn't be willing to offer UFC that same amount as the company isn't pulling in the numbers for the network to warrant that kind of money. There are other television experts that claim Fox is pushing for WWE TV in order to beef up their lineup and actually keep UFC so they can promote their network to advertisers with both WWE and UFC as their one-two punch combination. However, those rumors are unfounded at this time. With a potential move to Fox, Raw would air on Fox's main network channel, which would provide WWE with their largest television audience ever. and would also be the first time that the company's flagship program would air on one of the major cable television networks. Raw would then go back to two hours in primetime, while SmackDown Live would be available on Fox Sports 1. WWE's television contract with NBC Universal is slated to expire in September of 2019, and a representative from WWE declined to comment on the future of WWE programming. However, they did note that an announcement on WWE's television future would be made between May and September of this year. Rey Mysterio a name that has been a regular on the Rolodex and the rumor mill since his Royal Rumble appearance, is all over the news this week on a number of subjects. First and foremost, it was reported and alleged by Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated that Mysterio was in attendance at the SmackDown TV tapings in Los Angeles to negotiate a deal to return to WWE at WrestleMania in a match against John Cena. Once the story broke, the internet almost exploded. The same millennial crybaby wrestling fans representing the internet wrestling community that did not want to see the rumored Undertaker-John Cena-WrestleMania 34 match was now in an uproar that Mysterio would be returning against Cena for a match on the grandest stage of them all. According to Barrasso, once Cena found out Undertaker was allegedly unable to work WrestleMania, he requested a match with either Samoa Joe or Rey Mysterio. But with Samoa Joe being out with a foot injury, Mysterio was the next option. Barrasso made other claims in that same report regarding other WrestleMania plans for other talents, which resulted in the proverbial keyboard riots amongst the internet wrestling community. PW Insider and Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer then debunked Barrasso's claims that Mysterio wasn't even in attendance at the TV tapings to negotiate this deal, and that Undertaker and John Cena was still the plan for WrestleMania 34. Once Uncle Dave Meltzer and the folks at PW Insider eased the pain of some of you shithead wrestling fans, you all showed your true colors and once again voiced your displeasure of the news that Undertaker will be returning to WrestleMania to work a match with John Cena. Even after a day prior, you would have rather witnessed Cena-Taker than Cena-Mysterio. Typical millennial wrestling fans, you can't get your story straight. Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, Pro Wrestling Stream on Twitter, PW Insider, and the Wrestling Observer all now report that Mysterio is set to meet with Triple H, who is the point man on this potential working relationship between both parties, to negotiate a new deal sometime soon, as the two were supposed to meet Friday in Stamford, Connecticut, at WWE headquarters to finalize a deal, but the meeting was postponed due to Triple H's hectic travel schedule. Reportedly, Ray doesn't want a full-time contract, only wanting to work a part-time schedule with the option of being able to work on outside projects. Following all of this, 
the Crash Lucha promotion announced that Rey Mysterio had been pulled from their big WrestleMania weekend event in New Orleans, which have led many to believe that Rey may, Rey may be more involved with WrestleMania weekend festivities than being originally reported. However, on a final note, the Wrestling Observer just reported this morning that Rey Mysterio may have suffered a torn bicep during a tag team match at an independent show in Waterbury, Connecticut for Northeast Wrestling on Friday evening. Mysterio's medical diagnosis is unknown at this time, as multiple sites are still trying to figure out all the details surrounding the rumor. But most say the healing time for an injury as such could be upwards to six months. Mysterio is still scheduled to work the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style event in Long Beach, California, on March 25th against Jushin Thunder Liger. Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer speculate that Mysterio may hold off on getting surgery depending on the diagnosis a move WWE may not be in favor of before signing him to a lucrative deal. As in the past, the company has wanted talents prior to signing deals tie up loose ends on the injury front, in the case of Shelton Benjamin, with surgery possibly being the most ideal option for Ray at this time. So with all that being said, if the injury is serious, then WrestleMania 34 and a WWE working relationship may be put on the shelf at this time for Ray Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka, 911. Another follow-up report in this WrestleMania rumor mill edition of the Day 5 50-50 news update, I reported that WWE officials were looking to put more emphasis on this year's Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in anticipation of the upcoming HBO documentary on the 8th Wonder of the World. This re- reports had surfaced that WWE was potentially looking to do away with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania this year. Judging by who they booked to win last year, Mojo fucking Raleigh. That was a sign that the concept was in the proverbial shitter, if you ask me. Instead, the company was looking to highlight the women of WWE at WrestleMania in a battle royal of their own. Now, according to multiple sources, the company has decided not to do, do away with the annual battle royal. Instead, they've decided to add the women's battle royal to the card, with each battle royal taking place respectively on the kickoff show and the WrestleMania main card. The women's battle royal is rumored to involve the remaining current female competitors left on the card that don't have a match, as well as some surprises from NXT and some surprise women's wrestling legends. It's also being reported that this women's battle royal may in fact be named after the fabulous Moolah, but those rumors can't be confirmed at this time. In regards to the HBO documentary, there's a chance that this documentary will air on the WWE Network shortly after it airs on HBO on April 10th as WWE is one of the producing partners in the project, along with HBO and former ESPN broadcaster Bill Simmons. And in my final story this week, to round out the WrestleMania rumor mill edition of the Day 5 50-50 News Report, WWE may be looking to break their own attendance record this summer in Melbourne, Australia, according to the Herald Sun. The promotional poster for this event locally shows both The Rock and Ronda Rousey, and hints that this show could be a WWE Network pay-per-view held live from the Melbourne Cricket Grounds, which has a capacity of 100,000 people. Sources through the Herald report that names such as John Cena, Undertaker, and Rey Mysterio will also be a part of this big event, and it will be held sometime after the AFL Grand Final between September and October. An announcement is rumored to be made sometime during WrestleMania weekend, possibly during the WrestleMania 34 broadcast. Last time WWE held a major stadium show from Australia was in 2002 for their global warning pay-per-view event headlined by The Rock defending the WWE Championship against Triple H and Brock Lesnar. Now, if the company can fill this stadium, then they would be breaking their own record with the WrestleMania 32 attendance record from Dallas back in 2016. 
And there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another thought-provoking edition of the Dave 55050 News Report. Check back here next week for more rumor and innuendo as we continue our road to New Orleans during WrestleMania season right here at the Ken Reeves Show. When we get you set for SmackDown Live's WWE Fastlane pay-per-view. More pro wrestling talk is on the way. So without further ado, let's send it back to Mr. Marquis himself. Take it away. Good stuff. And, and lots of stuff to, to, you know, piggyback off of. Um, you know, it's amazing this season. You know, you, you got um, stuff behind the scenes as well as stuff in front of the camera. And, uh, you know, let's get into Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, Roman Reigns probably cut the promo of his career um, on Monday night. He is set to, uh, quote-unquote, main event, uh, you know, if you will, at, at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Um, now there's stuff, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, is he taking PEDs? Uh, there's got to be a plan B. So lots of stuff surrounding uh, Roman Reigns. I mean, let's look first at, at the character, and then we can look at some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Um, you know, and I want to get your thoughts, Dave, on, on the promo. I thought the well, promo was awesome. The Ken might be tied up. Hello? What was that? Hello? Hello? Are you there? I'm yes. here. All right. Do you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. There's like, like producer Michelle, can you hear me? Am I on the air? I can hear you, and if you can hear me, then I think we are on the air. Okay, so we're <laughs> I maybe I, I cut out for, for some point. I have producer Michelle hopefully will check and see if I'm back. Um okay, I'm on the air. Uh, okay, so I don't know what was heard or what wasn't. Um but uh, Roman Reigns, I want to talk about Roman Reigns, the character first before the real life stuff. Um, great promo on Monday. Uh, I think you've got to follow, like, like Roman Reigns has to have more of an edge as a character now. Um, I think, you know, you don't want to lose that sort of momentum. Uh, I thought it was a perfect way to, um, you know, it is kind of reminiscent of Cena and The Rock. Uh, you know, I'm here, you're in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it had a nice edge to it. Um, I thought it had a good delivery. Uh, you know, was it a work shoot? Was it a straight shoot? Um, okay, so I, I, producer Michelle says I've been on the whole time. So, okay, so whatever happened there, it happened, but we're back. Um, so sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to the show. thought we had some tech difficulties, but I think we're okay now. Um I, I just think they got it. Like they got to continue on this momentum. I like the storytelling. I like uh, uh, what they did. It gives it a bit of an edge, and honestly, it gives you um, a way that if, if Brock Lesnar is in fact done with the WWE, um, you know that for you know wrestling fans, it's you know we're kind of we can fight with each other, we can argue who we like, but like when you you kind of disrespect like because people who aren't wrestling fans always disrespect wrestling fans that. You know, that's a way to kind of turn it around and kind of get fans a little more behind Roman Reigns. And if Brock is, in fact, done, it's a, it would be a good jumping-off point for, for Roman Reigns if you were to win the, the universal title at WrestleMania. So I, I thought it was great. I really want to see how they follow up with this character of, of Roman Reigns. But, I, you know, Dave, I, I want to see more promos like this. 
I want to see more from this this character. Um, I, I think fans are, are absolutely 100% wrong when they boo Roman Reigns because I think he's a big dude who can move, who can be athletic. Um, are there things he has to improve on? Absolutely. But no question to me, to me, Monday, quite frankly, was the promo of Roman Reigns' career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know why it was the promo of his career? Because it felt organic. It felt real. It wasn't something that a writer handed him a piece of paper and said, here, memorize these lines. you got seven minutes to do it on TV. No, they gave him bullet points like they gave most guys back in the day. That's how you learn. That's how you end up developing your own promo style is by getting bullet points and creating something and seeing what works and what doesn't work, judging by the reaction of the audience. And the reaction the audience gave him was overwhelmingly positive considering where his character relationship with the audience has been in the last three years I thought it was great now touching upon the Brock Lesnar situation and it ties into this promo obviously you know Reigns kind of shot straight from the heart there's two theories going out there regarding this situation the first theory is is that everything you saw Monday night was a complete work from the fact that Roman Reigns shot on Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman for no showing to the uh you know, the, 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 the backstage talk and the elements that Reigns brought out into that promo, that stuff allegedly, according to the Wrestling Observer, that's one of the theories out there, was that this was an entire work, and they're trying to make it look like a shoot for a couple of reasons. One, because they feel that they need to add some, a different element to the intrigue and the build into this match, and also knowing that people know and fans know that Brock's contract is running out after WrestleMania. He's talked about his desire to go back to MMA and the UFC. We saw the picture on social media with him and Dana White hours before the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. And to not acknowledge that, the fans would feel insulted. So in a way, that, that the, the behind-the-scenes stuff being brought to light on, into the storyline is one of the reasons, you know, not to insult the intelligence of the fans, is one of the reasons why this situation came up. The other reason why this turned into what it turned into was because they want to make Roman Reigns the top babyface. That's been the objective all along. So if Reigns shoots from the heart, and voices his displeasure about Brock Lesnar and the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on with him, the same opinions that a lot of wrestling fans have about Brock Lesnar and have had about him since he returned in 2012, in return, the fans will want to cheer Roman Reigns. Here's where I find the problem with this theory. First off, Roman Reigns, yes, he may get cheered throughout the process of this buildup against Brock Lesnar, depending on what cities they're in. People may get behind him even going into the match at WrestleMania. Maybe even some fans at Mania might might be for Roman Reigns to beat Brock Lesnar, okay? But you're also going to have those detractors. You're going to have an overwhelming amount of people that are not going to want to cheer for Roman Reigns. But once, if he defeats him and Brock is not coming back and Brock's decided to go to MMA and Reigns has got the belt, you're back to square one all over again because then these people don't have anything to care about with Roman Reigns. They're going to shit all over him like they do before. So that's why I think that thought process, it's a short-term fix, but long-term, it's not going to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Here's another reason why I question this theory as well. If you are trying to make this appear like it's a shoot, okay, which if that's the case, they're doing a pretty decent job of it, I will say myself. 
if you are trying to make this appear like it's a shoot and you and Brock legitimately no showed this event, okay? I have done a lot of research on this subject in the past week for tonight's show, and I've 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 taken in all kinds of accounts and different reports and different opinions and different thoughts from dirt sheets and fan accounts and live event accounts from people that were in the building that night in Anaheim on Monday night. And I've not found one report that has given me the idea that this is a real shoot, because if this was a real shoot and Brock Lesnar no showed the event, I've not heard fan reports say that people went for refunds to get their tickets or WWE offered refunds for their, for tickets because Brock Lesnar didn't show up. That's why I kind of am questioning this theory. The other theory, according to other sources, is that this is that that things changed on the fly. The picture with Dana White on Twitter kind of upset some WWE officials. Brock knew that because Brock has bargaining power with them. He leverages both UFC and WWE against each other. He did this three years ago when his contract was coming up in the middle of WrestleMania season, and he decided that you know what. Fuck it, I'm not going to show up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sign my contract extension because allegedly that's the theory is that he was going to be at RAW to sign the contract extension. Why would you advertise him all throughout the weekend on social media, all throughout the pay per view, and the first hour of RAW showing pictures of his graphic up that he's going to confront Roman Reigns, who won the chamber to advance to the title match at WrestleMania, only for him to no show. And then the final commercial break before the segment's supposed to happen, the only the only graphic on the screen you see is. Coming up next, Roman Reigns to address his Elimination Chamber victory and his road to WrestleMania. There was not a picture of Brock Lesnar in sight. To me, I feel like it would be a, t- a total colossal waste of time from a production standpoint to, to, to advertise him to be a part of the segment only for them to plan that he's going to no-show. So the rumor is, is that he was supposed to be there, but he decided not to show and management instructed Reigns to go out there and shoot on Brock, say A, B, and C, but fill in the blanks everywhere else. And that's what we get the result of what took place on Monday night. I don't know what to make of it. I honestly don't. I don't know what to believe or what not to believe anymore. I just hope that whatever it is, like you said at the beginning of your statement, and I'll wrap this up, that Reigns capitalizes, that they capitalize on this momentum with Reigns' character. Don't go out there and, and, and script all his promos. Let him go out there and speak from the heart. And, and, and maybe, maybe the fans in the next few weeks heading into WrestleMania will begin to gain a little more respect for him and like him a little more as, as the build goes on for his match with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think it's something that, you know, I mean, it, it's really a shame that it just got to a point where um, because it seems like the company wants to push him as the top babyface, that in turn the crowd has to – shit all over him and and you know he's a talented dude um you know still finding his way character wise um and and it's you know it's got me i I mean the good thing now whatever it was whether this is pure shoot it's a work shoot it's a pure work um whatever's going on you know they have taken now uh what was predictable uh, that I think most people thought that was what we were going to see at Mania. I mean, it's been talked about forever that it's, we're going to get Reigns, Brock at Mania. Um, that it took something that, you know, probably a lot of fans were like, all right, whatever. And, and the, the haters were like, I don't want to see this again. And the not-so-haters like myself were, were kind of like predictable, but I bet they give us a nice hard-hitting match at, at Mania. Now, again, I keep going back to this. Now they've given me a storyline I can get into. 
Now, whether it's, it's worked or a shoot or whatever's going on, it's giving me some storytelling that not only now do I have a match to look forward to where I think these two, number one, I think they both have really good in-ring chemistry. Um, I, I think these two like beat the shit out of each other when they're in the ring together. Um, I like that. I, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I hate the really athletic matches. I think there's a balance to be, um, to be had in pro wrestling. And, you know, I think the best cards are when you have a couple like, you know, big guy, hard hitting matchups, you have some athletic matchups. You give me a couple like lightweight cruiserweight lucha kind of matches, a lot of spots. And, and that's a great card. Um, so to, to get like a hard hitting you know, match between these two guys. I was psyched because I, I dig the way these two go at it when, when they're in the ring together. But now they've given me a story I can get behind too. And I'm excited to see what Reigns is going to have to say next. Obviously, after something like that, I can't wait to see what uh, Paul Heyman's going to have to say uh, in response to this. Um, so it, it's got me hooked as far as a story. And that's what I want. That's what I crave with pro wrestling. Now, that's all the stuff that's happening Storyline-wise, kayfabe, if you will, um, behind the scenes, and, and this I find intriguing, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, because I've got no point with, when it comes to PEDs and stuff. Like, it, it's so interesting with, with performance-enhancing drugs and steroids and everything, because, you know, in baseball, if, you, if you're caught steroids, it's, it's like sacrilege, because baseball hold their, their records so near and dear and, you know, and Barry Bonds, like, I will not recognize those records because he, and, and that stuff. And like, but there's football and football, you know, someone gets, gets popped for PEDs and they got a four game suspension. And most fans are like, Oh, I can't wait till he gets back. Like, you know, and, and, and it, it's not as, as vilified in football. Um, it's just weird to me. And, and I, and I find it intriguing that like when it comes to wrestling, you know, like who cares? Who cares what, what he's taking? I mean, I, I like health-wise aside, I don't want to see anyone hurting themselves taking certain substances. Um, but but that being said, like, you know, when people come to me and, and, and you know, I'm a big fan of Sylvester Stallone and, and like, oh, you know, he's, he's taking steroids. He's taking HGH. Who cares? Like, all I want, I wish it wasn't as vilified. I want Stallone. If Stallone looks like that at 70 years old, I want Stallone to give me exactly what dosage he's taking and exactly what drugs, and I want to be on it right now. So when it, when it comes to pro wrestling, I don't necessarily understand, like, if someone's, like, juicing or whatever, that, that, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but there's stuff now behind the scenes. And I'm curious, Dave, I mean, like, your thoughts on PEDs, um, your thoughts on, on you know, uh, I mean, should it be allowed? I mean, I get, I get it when drugs are illegal. That's, that's a whole other issue surrounding it. But as far as me as a fan, um, you know, when you look at pro wrestling and you look at some of the physiques that are being uh, – you know, marching out there week in and week out, I tend to think that that a lot of those physiques probably aren't naturally built. So um, that should be intriguing as far as now that you have this momentum with the Roman Reigns character, how things might play out behind the scenes with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a smart, you know, on the subject of him potentially being involved in the the steroid ring and, you know, being a a big customer, um, you know, Hopefully, you know, that doesn't come to be true. But if there is overwhelming, you know, evidence that shows that he purchased these things, then, you know, I feel like WWE would have to take some action on the – but on the other – you know, on the other side of the coin, Brock Lesnar 
was under contract with them, and then he had a fight with UFC and you know a couple of years ago, and he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, and they didn't do anything about that then. So I feel like this is going to be one of those situations that in order for them to stick with their plan for WrestleMania, they might bypass the, some of those rules on that wellness policy, which might piss off a lot of fans and even some of the guys in the locker room. From a health standpoint, when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, obviously – I, I, you know, for the for the health of the athletes and and you know in professional sports like baseball and basketball and football and even in mixed martial arts, you know, I, obviously I, I wouldn't want their health being at a serious risk because there is some risks in taking you know you know performance enhancing drugs whether it's HGH. But on the other side of the coin, like you said, Sylvester Stallone performing in a movie, it's not like he's going to be able to deliver his lines better if someone, you know, sh- shoots a, you know, a-, a needle of juice in his ass cheek. I mean, you know, and the same thing could, and the same thing could be said for, you know, for even in, in some cases pro wrestlers, um, for their health and their safety. I mean, we've seen what steroids has done to a lot of guys, you know, especially too much. Scott Steiner is living proof. Superstar Billy Graham has probably should have died five times over, unfortunately, because of all the use, that, you know, with steroids. But, you know, steroids has become an, an, an issue in the business over the years. It's come and gone. It's been talked about, but then it's been swept under the rug. Uh, I mean, when you look at Roman Reigns, you know, I don't know what exactly the man's taken, but he doesn't look like he's, you know, this, this jacked up, you know, super jacked up, uh, you know, pro wrestler out there i mean he looks like a big guy but i'm not saying it looks natural but it's not overdone like most guys have in 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 recent years so i mean like what kind of edge are you gaining in pro wrestling if you were to take a performance enhancing drug other than you become bigger stronger and maybe even a little faster but if the outcome's predetermined and it's scripted then what do you what kind of competitive edge are you gaining over the people you're in the ring with i mean maybe better career opportunities i don't know but other than that like you know you're not i don't know i just i i mean it's a double-edged sword for me when it comes to pro sports like baseball and all that like keep away from that stuff because i think like performance enhancing drugs in many ways has tarnished you know definitely tarnished baseball in my opinion like i used to be a big baseball fan i know you're a big baseball guy but over the years when with the names that have come out that like have have that have taken drugs and have tried to set themselves to be good role models, but they're not, you know, setting a good example for young kids like the Mark McGuire's and the Sammy Sosa's, you know, out there. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with baseball. I still watch, but I'm not like a religious fan like I used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, wrestling, it, it's entertainment. I mean, like, you know, like you said, like not every guy that walks out there has a natural looking physique. I wouldn't be surprised, like, if you see, like, the athletes in, like, Cirque du Soleil, like, in Las Vegas that might be taking something. You know, I'm sure that they train and they work hard, but I'm sure they take something, too, as well, to, to, to garner a certain look, especially if they're putting on a performance and, and, and this, this grandioso spectacle in front of thousands of people on a nightly basis. So, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I don't know. I don't really pay attention a whole lot to it. I'm, I like my wrestling. You know, I, I could give a shit about some of that stuff. But if you're going to have rules surrounding it, you know, then stick by the rules. You know, Brock Lesnar should have been suspended, like, in 2016. He shouldn't have had the match with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. But they used some sort of stupid bullshit technicality in the wellness policy because he's not a full-time member of the roster. You know what I mean? So, like, if, if it's overwhelming that Reigns has done this, and even other performers, we don't even know if there's other guys 
that could be on this year's WrestleMania card that could be linked to this whole thing? What former WWE superstars could be linked to it? Who knows? But, I mean, Christ, if there's a lot of guys on this year's card that, that are linked to this and it comes out during this time, like, I don't know how many backup plans management creative is going to be able to have. They might have to call in some of the old timers or maybe even loan, you know, get a loan from some guys to, to pull out a WrestleMania card. Cause I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it at the same time. I mean, you know, if there's rules apply, you know, abide by them. If not, you're really setting a bad example for your fans and for the rest of the roster that supposedly play by the rules too. It's just, you know, when it comes to performance enhancers, I think that like society as a whole has to get a better grip on how, how we look at it, how it's legislated, how, and, and the one I would think of that would benefit um, pro wrestlers, and it's not so much, uh, you know, I mean, the physique, obviously, the look, and that can help, but um, the schedule, and, and a lot of, um, you know, it's weird with steroids or performance enhancers, because even in baseball, that, you know, a lot of the speculation was 162 games, and when you're on HGH, uh, your body can withstand that grind uh, a lot easier especially as you get older um than without it and i could see being in the wwe the the schedule the travel schedule that you know you're right i don't think roman reigns has an exaggerated physique i don't look at him and say oh my god like he definitely is taking something um but you know it might be something that just keeps his body in a place where he doesn't like experience the wear and tear uh that most mortals would would experience um and it's so intriguing with, with steroids and, and what you can take and what you can't take. You know, there's certain drugs like HGH that help to prevent injury, which is not allowed. Um, but cortisone, which is a steroid, if you take a cortisone shot after being injured, um, then that's fine. So it, it's so weird how, like, certain steroids are illegal, certain steroids aren't. Um, you know, and I'll tell you, like, I had, I had knee surgery a couple of years ago. And I went like two months doing everything I possibly could with, with my right knee to get the swelling down after surgery. We couldn't get the swelling down. Um, I, I was taking, uh, you know, anti-inflammatories. I was icing it constantly and, uh, you know, could not get the swelling out of the knee. And then after a couple of months of just trying everything else, I got a cortisone shock and shot in my knee. And two days later, it was fine. So you want to talk performance enhancers. I mean, that was insane. And I went months with, with, without being able to get the swelling out. And then like a couple of days after the shot, my knee is close to a hundred percent. So I, 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 I do find it intriguing. And, and, and Brock Lesnar is a perfect guy to bring, you know, when Brock Lesnar first got diagnosed with diverticulitis, all of a sudden he looked like James Ellsworth. I mean, he, he just like, <laughs> you know, all, all, all the muscle mass was gone. And then like all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's, He's cleared all that up, and then he looks like Brock Lesnar again. It's like, wait, guys, guys. I mean, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but you're really going to expect me to believe that that Brock was able to, you know, look like honestly, look like he dropped 100 pounds and then put on 100 pounds of muscle, um, and we're all supposed to believe that that there wasn't some pharmaceuticals involved. Um, come on, I'm, I'm not stupid, and, and I'm not going to judge either. Like, I don't care. If that's what you do, The Rock putting on the muscle mass he's put on later in his career, um, if he was taking something, I don't care. You're, you're a movie star. You, you want that look, so be it. So, you know, it's, I, I really don't care if, if, if he was taking it or not. Again, I don't want to see anyone, 
get hurt or hurt themselves. And that, that's a totally different ball game as far as uh, remaining healthy. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it's interesting when you look at this potential main event that behind the scenes uh, with Reigns, there could be issues. Who knows if Lesnar could be implicated and also Lesnar's contractual obligations and, and whether he'll be with the WWE going forward. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to me because when, when, look, when Brock Lesnar came back and, and the wrestling world was a buzz and they were all excited. And I said this before on the show, I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. But I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not excited. Brock Lesnar's back. Brock Lesnar doesn't have a love of pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar kind of bashed pro wrestling when, when he left it. Um, and I think part of the promo resonated with fans like me that, that Reigns cut this week. They're like, yeah, Brock's about Brock. Brock doesn't care about wrestling fans. Brock cares about how many zeros are on that paycheck. And um, I don't think Brock is a guy that has wrestling in his blood. He, he, you know, his blood probably runs green. You know, as long as Vince McMahon's putting enough zeros on that paycheck, Brock's going to be there. Um, so, I mean, I look, now I'll admit as, as Brock's career his second career in the WWE has, has evolved. I, I bought in. I enjoy the, the big fight feel that, that Lesnar matches have. Uh, I enjoy the, the hard-hitting nature of um, Lesnar's matches. However, um, as much as I am a fan of, I think you can make a part-time guy work as champion. Uh, to me, at this point, Brock has gotten a little too part-time. And I'd like to see at least a little bit more uh, from the universal champion. And when you talk about shooting, um, you know, on the mic, I think, you know, Reigns kind of spoke from the heart. And, you know, you do wonder the Miz uh, when he talks about how he's made the IC title more prestigious than the universal title, um, that there's not a little bit of an edge there with him, too. Like, you know, the champ's not here and I'm, I'm picking up the slack. Like, I'm the main event champion on, on Raw because – the guy who's got the universal title is just never here. Um, so, I mean, to me, like reading between the lines uh, with Miz was also kind of, maybe that was a bit of a dig at, at Lesnar as well. Um, and, and if you're a guy who, who, uh, who is a pro wrestler, who works for the WWE, who, who puts in the time, who puts in the grind. Yeah. I get it, man. Being in the locker room thinking, wow, like he's just never here and he's walking around with a title and making more money than, than all of us. Now, on the flip side, I get it from management's position. He's a guy that, that brings different eyeballs to the, the, the screen. He's, he's a guy that, again, gives uh, matches a big fight feel. Um, but, I, but as a fan and as someone who kind of um, bought into the Lesnar thing when he came back, after a while, the big fight feel kind of grew on me. Um, I, I'm starting to feel like maybe it's time for this, this Lesnar run to end, that if he doesn't re-up with the WWE – I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, you know, could the WWE use him still? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he does, he does bring eyeballs, but um, you know, I'm, I'm curious your, your thoughts about Lesnar day, because um, you know, there's, there is a lot of positive and I'm not going to sit here and just like, you know, say, yeah, let, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Um, but it, it just might be time. It might be time that the, you know, the, the part-time schedule is is just it, it's it's too part time and because of what you know of Lesnar behind the scenes like he's not the Undertaker and so like when Undertaker like you know you know Undertaker put in his time Undertaker traveled those roads and then as Undertaker solidified himself as a legend and got older like became a part time guy but when he when Undertaker comes back he's the Undertaker um, 
I'm just kind of at the point where, like, I don't know if, you know, all right, Lesnar's away, Lesnar's away, all right, here's Heyman, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 next match, match lasts about, like, you know, maybe 10 minutes, F5, pin, one, two, three, and then we don't see Lesnar again for a couple months. So, I don't know, like, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is it time for this Lesnar experiment to end? Um, you know, do you try to re-sign him and get him for more dates? Um, I don't know. I look forward to the match between Reigns and Lesnar, but if this is it for Lesnar, I'm okay with it. I think it is time. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on a number of things. Number one, I was not – I was excited to see him come back because I was there the night he came back in Miami when he confronted John Cena. The pop was unbelievable for, for a, a small arena that was, you know, with the exception of the, the following year when the, with the Dolph Ziggler money in the bank cash in. That's probably, like, one of the loudest pops I've ever been a part of, like, in an arena – um, and it was cool to see, um, but I was like you. He bashed wrestling on the way out the door. He didn't want to be there. Now he's here because he can't fight in MMA anymore, so he knows where he's going to you know, get paid, and you know, he knows he's going to make big money, and he's going to work a part-time schedule. Um, but at the, on, the, uh, on the other side of that coin, I was like you, where you know, I appreciated what he brought to the product. He brought some legitimacy and some credibility in some cases when it wasn't credible, and you know, he, he brought some big-time matchups, and I, I, I enjoyed his contributions. And looking back on it, he was probably the right guy to end the streak because his ego and his character, along with Paul Heyman, they could carry that weight and the heat from that streak. Um, even though we all, you know, stormed out of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome that night at WrestleMania 30, like, there is no way. What the hell happened? Why did they give it to him, of all people? I mean, I couldn't find one person in that, that stadium that agreed with that decision. But I'll, I'll admit, looking back on it and as time grew, I appreciated it and understood it and realized it was the right decision. Um, but with that being said, um, you know what? Honestly, like, he's done this to them before. He's held them up for money. He did this three years ago, and then they put him on ESPN to announce that he re-signed a deal, and now he's kind of doing this again. He's leveraging UFC against WWE to, to get more money. Um, I mean, in, in all honesty, he may have given a few guys the rub, by working with him, but who have they built as legitimate big name stars in association with Brock Lesnar? I mean, honestly, can you really name someone that they built up and was because of Brock Lesnar, they became a big star? I mean, Dean Ambrose a few years ago, I know you're not a big fan of Dean Ambrose and he's kind of soured on me in, in, in recent months, but Dean Ambrose could have been, could, that could have been his coming out party at WrestleMania if they, if they booked his performance to be stronger with Brock Lesnar. Instead, he was like a crash test dummy getting suplexed all over AT&T Stadium in a, in a, in a seven-minute suplexathon, and it did nothing for him, absolutely nothing, which brings me to last night in Chicago. Last night they held a live event in Chicago. Brock Lesnar was advertised to appear. He showed up. He had a match scheduled with Kane. They went 35 seconds. 35 seconds. When he came out, he got a huge pop. When he left, the audience booed the crap out of him. They totally shit on him. Now, I don't think this is Brock's fault, but that was, from what I'm hearing, that was a company directive. Why? Because Brock is saving himself for a big UFC fight. And the company, Brock's basically calling the shots. If he doesn't want to do something, he doesn't have to do anything. And therefore, WWE is placating and kowtowing to Brock Lesnar in order, in hopes that he resigns with them in some form or fashion, whether it's a whether it's a a, a really really part time contract 
or if they sign him to a lucrative deal, but then they let him work a couple of these UFC fights down the road in, in, in hopes it gets some, some MMA fans to watch the WWE product. The company directive for last night was that, yeah, that match is 35 seconds. They're basically letting Brock call all the shots. In my opinion, they haven't really built serious big-name guys. That Brock hasn't done anything to build any really big names in WWE, in my opinion. He's worked with top stars, and he may have worked with a few of the up-and-comers, but for the most part, his contributions have been good, but they haven't been something that's been good long-term for certain guys in building new talent. So, in my opinion... The Brock Lesnar experiment, if it runs out, it runs out, okay? But if they say, you know what, we're going to pass on you, but in a few months or after one of your big fights, if you want to come back, we'll come back to the table and talk. But as far as, you know, full-time goes, like I think – or I wouldn't even say full-time, if to be quite honest with you, but if, if they renew another contract with him, I mean – Great, but not really. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of over it at this point. I mean, Brock being around in some ways has hurt the progression of Braun Strowman. He's the next big monster, in my opinion. He's the next Brock Lesnar in terms of, like, you know, the, 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 the tough man, the credibility, you know, that, that Brock brings. He, and Brock being around has kind of hurt Braun's progression in that role. And I think Brock needs to go. If you want a fantasy book, let's fantasy book WrestleMania for a minute, and I'll be done with this rant. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns opens up WrestleMania. First match on the main card, okay? Get all the chants, the stupid, crazy chants out of the way. The Roman sucks chants so it doesn't ruin the rest of the show. And you have Braun Strowman come out and add himself into that match, beating Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and walking out as Universal Champion. Talk about a hot start to a Mania card, something you didn't see coming. And then you could build off of Roman and Braun in the months following WrestleMania. Brock goes out, does his UFC fight, and walks off into the sunset. And, and that, would, that would be fun, and that would, that would turn, like, everything on its ear. And, and you know, a lot of good points. With what, I, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up the Dean Ambrose, because Ambrose was, to me, a prime example of it. And maybe I'm not into Ambrose because of, you know, what happened with Lesnar. Like you said, Lesnar, what has he done to build anybody? Um, you know, to me, like, the, the match against Dean Ambrose, you could have given me a match where, you know, it, it's obviously on paper a physical mismatch, but maybe because Dean Ambrose is a lunatic, that his unique and, and quirky wrestling style just has Lesnar befuddled. And, and, and maybe you, you give, like, you know, some time where, where, where actually it looks like Ambrose is going to win, that, that Lesnar just can't figure out, you know, how to the style. And, and I'm not saying I, I would know exactly how to, you know, put that match together and book it, but you could have given us something where, you know, if Ambrose held his own and then somehow at the end, you know, the, the beast, you know, still was just too powerful for, for Ambrose and was able to pull through and, and emerge victorious that could have helped the, the Ambrose character. And instead Ambrose, that, that character just floundered for a while. Um, you're right. He has not built anybody. And, and for Strowman, Strowman is kind of floundering in, in no man's land, even though the crowd is, is digging him. I like what he's doing. And when you look at like right now, if you look at the mania card and look at, you know, the quote unquote heavyweights uh, in the WWE, if Brian, wasn't there, then you're, you're going Reigns Strowman for the Universal title to me, and and that would be a perfect spot for him. And 
they would give you a good matchup, a good hard-hitting matchup. So you're right. It, it has hurt uh, the development of Strowman. Strowman has done everything he needs to do as a performer to put himself in that main event conversation. But I don't think it's, you know, I think Lesnar is the guy that needs to be the odd man out. You know, a lot of fans look at why is Reigns getting this opportunity? Reigns should get this opportunity. It should be Strowman the opportunity. No, no, Strowman and Reigns should be the guys that are getting that opportunity to main event mania. Lesnar's the guy that really hasn't earned uh, that spot, and and he's not doing anybody any sort of good. And and now, you know, it's seemingly that they're hoping that, um, you know, Reigns going over will help to catapult Reigns up to that top babyface position as a universal champion. But if you come out out of WrestleMania and immediately Strowman wants to go after Reigns, there's still going to be Roman sucks and the crowd's going to be behind Strowman, no matter what you do. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, the thing with, with Brock, if Brock wants to come back, you know, get the belt off him, sign him for a, a part-time contract and build for like SummerSlam, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. No titles on the line, just two hard-hitting mother effers that are like legit fighters and, and, and give us that, you know. But, you know, I, I, it, it's like he ties up the championship. Um, I don't think he's helping any storylines. And, um, you know, again, there is that positive piece where he gives you that big fight feel, but I just think at this point, it, it might just be time for, for Lesnar to go. He's kind of worn out his welcome, unless he's a guy that would say, you know what, I, I will sign on for more dates. But everything you hear about Lesnar is he does not have a love for the business. He does not have a love for pro wrestling. And here's a guy that, like, he's not going to take take on more dates unless there's more money attached to it. He's not and, – and whether Reigns was shooting, work shoot, whatever you want to call it on Monday night – Lesnar, like, in real life, was probably laughing at that. Yeah, that's right. I didn't show up because I didn't have to, and I'm still making more money than you. So shoot on me all you want. I'm just – I'm going to laugh all the way to the bank. And so I don't – I don't think Lesnar really gives a shit about any of that. The only thing I would worry about is if Lesnar decides, that, yeah, my contract's up, and I'm going to beat the hell out of Reigns at Mania and leave him in a heap, and then I'll just – walk away and I'll be the reigning universal title, but I won't have a contract in the WWE anymore. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it, it, you know, and I get it. Like you were there. I wasn't there when Lesnar returned. Um, so watching it on TV and I remember hearing the pop and hearing that it was pretty loud, but my gut reaction was, eh, all right, fine. You're back. You know? Okay. Um, and some fun matches, some hard hitting matches, but I, I, you know, I think you brought up a really good point that he hasn't, he hasn't made anybody, and if you're bringing back someone like that, and you're using someone as a part timer, then you got you, you know there has to be some like what are they what's what's the contribution like what is he given? And I'd be curious to see you know the, the Brock Lesnar experiment and and the, the money that they've spent on a part timer, and you know has he given us some hard hitting matches? Absolutely. Has he given us? Um, you know, fights that, that really have like legitimate main event feels. Yes. Um, you know, does he add legitimacy to pro wrestling in general being there? Absolutely. You know, the, the guys in, in the research department or, or, you know, marketing and research in the WWE, I'd be really curious, has he brought more eyeballs to the product? 
I mean, we know Mania is going to sell out regardless. Is, is there anything as far as the WWE stats that they can look at and say, he's worth every penny we've paid? I'd be really curious about that because I look at the amount of time he's actually there. And to me, even when I try to rationalize it as a business person, I look at Lesnar and I'm like, how much more has he, like, how much bigger has the WWE got, gotten because of Brock Lesnar being there? And, and I, I don't know if I could say that they, they have. I don't know if, you know, has Brock Lesnar helped the WWE sell more subscriptions? Has Brock Lesnar being there helped to sell more tickets at live events? And I'm not saying I know the answer. I, I just don't know if at this point, when I look at him, that, that he's, he's worth it anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's interesting when you look at, like, the, the potential main event. You got Lesnar that could be leaving soon and – who knows what, what kind of stuff uh, Roman Reigns would be implicated on. But, um, you know, and I kind of touched upon it, but, you know, I'm curious, like, after Mania, let's just say it goes the predictable route and Reigns goes over on Brock Lesnar. They don't, you know, they don't do something cool and out of the box like you just brought up. Um, I mean, my assumption is that Strowman's the next guy in line and whatever positive feels that, that we've gotten from the crowd towards Roman Reigns towards Mania to me, it will go right out the door once once Strowman is, is back in the mix. Do you, do you see them going to Strowman after Mania, or do you see maybe they go with Reigns in a different direction? They could go to Strowman after Mania. Um, I, I mean, it, like I said in, the, in my in my news report, he's got an open-ended WrestleMania season right now because there's a few different slots they could put him in, but he's a backup plan for the main event if this if this evidence comes out regarding this, you know, this, this steroid distributor, Richard Rodriguez. So um, I could see them going Reigns, but I, at the same time, or uh, Strowman, but I could also see them going Reigns and Rollins uh, because of Rollins' performances in the, you know, the gauntlet match, which was unbelievable, uh, his performance in the Elimination Chamber match. Um, but it also depends, you know, this is also that time of year where they start formalizing plans for a draft or whatever they call the, the, the superstar shakeup. And they, you know, they, yeah, we're going to shake things up here on WWE. Like, come on, give me a break, Vince. Like, you, you shake yourself up, you're going to have a heart attack. But, um, yeah, they, they talk about doing a possible draft. There's even talk of maybe a draft taking place at a pay-per-view, the next pay-per-view at Backlash, which I find, I find very intriguing and interesting, um, if that's the case, because they're going back to, you know, every pay-per-view having both brands. There's not going to be any separate brand pay-per-views after WrestleMania. So um, there's, a, there's a few different directions they can go. If Samoa Joe doesn't make it for WrestleMania, he's another option too. But I definitely see Reigns going back to the fans booing Reigns and, you know, Reigns just being positioned as that guy with the belt. So Yeah, I mean, that's just it. Like, I don't see – and, again, it goes back to, you know, who did Lesnar make? I don't see any of this being long-term. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can have Reigns um, – go after the title and that works, but the crowd will go right back to shitting all over uh, Rollins, shitting all over Reigns. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's really intriguing to just look at like, you know, this grand uh, Brock Lesnar experiment. Like what, like ultimately, I, I mean, again, people smarter than me, people within the company, I wonder if they would look at, you know, this, the, you know, Lesnar's comeback and his part-time schedule. If they would look at this whole you know, a few years with him, if they look at that as a, as successful or not, um, you know, again, he's given us some good matches, but um, I don't know. And, and it might just be time for, for him to go. Uh, and 
I, I don't see any of this like goodwill towards Reigns lasting post Mania. So, um, what good did Lesnar actually do? You know, walking out the door. Um, you know, it remains to be seen. And and you're right that we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but that that uh, Rollins performance at the Gauntlet match was absolutely unbelievable. That was a that was a really fun Raw. Um, you know, two hours worth of like one match. Um, Good stuff. And, and you look at like guys also coming up and, and, you know, I mean, we have a few weeks to talk about it, but when you look at that WrestleMania card and, and guys, you know, Elias has got to find a spot somewhere. Uh, Ozzy, we talk about Strowman, like where's Strowman going to wind up on that card? Um, and, and you just feel like, I just kind of feel like, you know, Lesnar kind of becomes that cog that's just kind of clogging things up uh, when it comes to like, you know, how you're going to book and where, where you're looking to, uh, um, put guys on that card. I, I think Elias is doing some great stuff right now. I'd like to see him have a substantial mania match. Um, so lots of stuff to talk about going forward, Dave, lots of stuff where this, this, uh, this card is going to shape up. Um, I believe we're going to get kind of a predictable card, but right now, I mean, when you look on paper and what we're speculating is going to happen and going forward with the season, I think WrestleMania is shaping up to pretty to be a pretty damn good card. Yeah, I, w- I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Rollins. There's talk of him being involved in the Intercontinental Championship picture with Finn Balor and Miz. If Braun, Braun might get sandwiched in there, there's talk of it being a ladder match. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Usos are going to do. They've not ever performed on the main card of a WrestleMania, and they're the best tag team in all of WWE. So, um, I, I, I think it's their time this year to be on the main card with the tag titles. Uh, we didn't talk about them, but I'm sure we will in the next coming weeks. The Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy situation. Um, and, you know, if that's going to culminate at Mania, where they stand. There's so much that we can get into in the next few weeks regarding the Mania card. But I think top to bottom, from a pure wrestling aspect, you're going to see a damn good wrestling card. Um, but... I think, like you said, I think getting there, it might be predictable. But in some cases, like with Cena and Undertaker, maybe not so much. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But I, I, it's WrestleMania season. I look forward to it every year. So Great stuff. Looking forward to dissecting it in the weeks to come. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>